Hello, real life family and friends. And if you're visiting with us, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I hope that you had a great time just being with family, celebrating it. Uh, family is such a blessing. And I know our family is just so thankful for one another and being together and having these special times that we can celebrate and give thanks. Uh, before I get into the message today, by the way, I'm Tim, pastor here at Real Life, and excited to be back uh, sharing with you, just back from a vacation in Florida, and uh, cheering on my daughter who is running in uh, cross-country finals there down in Florida. But um, a couple of things that are coming up that I thought would be uh, interesting to you, and if you'd like to get involved, it'd be great. First of all, we are collecting Legos. So if you have a bunch of Legos you're wanting to get rid of, um, we're collecting Legos for Africa. Uh, one of the uh, one of the teachers that teaches in Africa, Cindy Robinson, that we support and is from our church, um, is going to do uh, a Lego shop, and she's looking for Legos. So if you have some Legos you want to donate, we're collecting them at the church, and you can bring them here, I think, by December uh, 26. So we need those by December 26. Also, Teen Challenge is coming next Sunday uh, to real life, and so if you are able to come, I know you'll be blessed by just sharing with them and seeing their uh, amazing life transformations and the testimonies that they have. And then finally, December 11th, we are having our next uh, Fresh Fire at 6.30. It's a Saturday night. Uh, Mike Benson is going to be coming and sharing with us. And it's a time to just be filled with the fire of God, with the, with the Holy Spirit, to be refreshed and renewed, uh, and to receive ministry and prayer, and just grow in our life with the Spirit. So today I want to uh, wrap up the series that we've been doing called Live a Better Story. And I want to thank Megan for doing a great job the last couple of weeks sharing with us. And today I want to talk about joining the Dream Team. And as we get started, I just want to re reiterate what Megan was saying last week. And she had this verse that we were looking at as a uh, verse of the week. And it was John 13, 35 from the New Living Translation. And it says this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So Jesus is saying this to his disciples, and he says, the litmus test of you being like me, you being my disciple, when the world sees that you're loving one another. And this is the hallmark of a Christian. Someone who has a real relationship with Jesus is going to have love uh, permeating in everything that they do. And so we're talking about how we can love people better and how we can love one another better, how we can love our world better. And because love makes a difference. It's love that opens people's hearts to God. It's love that causes people to recognize God, God in us. You know, Jesus said, let your light shine in such a way that others see um, your good deeds and they glorify your father who is in heaven, which means when we are filled with God's love and we are loving as God is directing us to love, that people will see it is God. It's not just us. And so love is the key. It is the absolute fundamental difference maker in this world. And how many of you know love conquers, right? The Bible says love never fails. Love never fails. It's always worth it to love someone. So I know I've mentioned this before, uh, but I wanted to talk about um, the word in, for Hebrew in love. And I'll probably keep talking about this for a while. But this is it right here. I just wrote it down for us. And it's pronounced ahava. Ahava, and we read it, uh, you know, backwards in Hebrew, ahava, and in the middle of this four-letter word is a word hav, which in Hebrew means give. So the very fundamental uh, truth of love is not a feeling we receive, 
but it is something that we give. And that's why I like what Megan was saying about this is love in action. That actually is what love is. Love isn't just a feeling. Love is an action. And the action that love is, is giving. So we give our time. We give our um, uh, sympathy. We give our money. We give our resources. We give our energy. We lend a helping hand. We, we, we are reaching out. We are giving away. And the thing that we're giving away really is ourself. It's our life. And so as we give, um, that's, that's the demonstration of love. And so I love this love in action uh, campaign that, you know, we, that we're in the middle of a campaign right now, um, a season of thanks, thanks and giving. And we're giving thanks to God and we're being thankful for the people around us. But we're also looking for ways to just give and to bless because love is giving. I also want to mention, uh, for those of you like a little deeper understanding of this word, the first letter here, Aleph, is the first letter in the Hebrew language. And it represents God. God is first. God is almighty. This represents the Father, represents God almighty and the all-powerful one. And so God gives, and then this last letter, hey, is the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and that represents grace. So God gives grace. In other words, God gives Jesus. And so it reminds me of John 3:16, for God so loved Ahava, the world, that God gave his one and only son. That is the very definition of love. God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died, gave his life for us. So isn't that awesome? That's a blessing. And so then what does Jesus say to us? He says, now I have a new command for you. Not just love your neighbor as yourself. Uh-uh. I'm going to take it to a whole different level. Now my command is to love one another as I have loved you. And that's the calling on all who are going to pursue discipleship to become like Jesus Christ, to become like our master, to become like our Lord, which is God's desire and, and design for your life. What will happen is you'll begin to be like Jesus and you will give your life away. That's love. That's love. That, that right there is enough to think about and chew on for quite a while. That's what love is. So talking about that, 1 John 3.18, the Apostle John is writing, and he says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. And so, yes, it's important to say words that are loving, and it's important to say to one another, I love you, I care about you, you're important to me. John is not saying don't do that. He's saying Love is more than just words, though. Love is substance, right? He says, let us love with action. Love in action. Let us love with action and in truth. And so that is what makes an impact in our world is when we are loving like Jesus loves us. So I want to talk about today the dream team. And the dream team is really the phrase or the name that we have for people who in our fellowship are joining ministry to serve other people, to give of their time, their energies, and who they are, to give that away in a, in a way of serving people, serving the church, serving the, the body of believers. So we call ourselves the dream team, and this is kind of a new term for us. So I want to explain it a little bit to you, but it's all about how your uniqueness in God 
can be used to bless other people the way that God has designed you to be a blessing. We believe, I believe, that we are all made on purpose and for a purpose, and we are all unique, uniquely made, handcrafted by God himself, right? The Bible says that we are his workmanship. Another translation says we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance. This is what we learn in the Bible. And so, wow, that's pretty amazing. God had a plan for my life. Uh, He had a plan for me in Christ. He has gifted me. He has handcrafted me. He has shaped me. And that's the acrostic that I want to use today is God has shaped me and he has shaped you for acts of service that make a difference, that change eternity because it touches people's hearts and lives. And so my, my, uh, my challenge to you, if you haven't already, is join the dream team. Let's go. We have a position for you. I don't know what that is. You might not know what that is, but we'll figure it out. Get involved. Be who God's made you to be, who God has shaped you to be, and begin to be a blessing and be blessed as you serve. So what makes you unique? I just did a a little bit of a study on this, and there are a ton of things that make you unique, and unique means nobody else is like you, okay? So there is nobody else that has the fingerprints that you have. We know that. But also your fingernails. I didn't know about that. Your skull is uniquely shaped. Um, your eyes, we know about the retina scans and stuff. Your retina is unique. Nobody else on the planet has the same retina or the same eyes that you have. Even your ears are unique. The way that you walk is scientifically unique. You know, I coach uh, runners, and I can tell from a distance, even though I can't see that well from a long ways away, I can tell which of my runners they are because of I know their run. I know what they look like when they run. And I, I, I might not be able to tell what their face from where I'm at, but I can tell who my runners are because I can tell how they run. And we have a unique walk. We also have unique breath. The breath that we breathe, uh, the chemicals, composition, all that, it's unique. We have a unique heartbeat. And I don't know if you knew this, but you have a unique smell. (laughs) I found this out when I was researching. There's like 44 different compounds that your body secretes. And in the proportion that they secrete those whatever, you have a unique aroma, I'll say. And I hope it's a pleasant aroma to those around you. But you have a unique smell to you as well. So God has made each of us unique, not just physically, though, but he has shaped us. He has shaped us. We discover um, that, you know, as I said before, that we have been made on purpose and for a purpose. And each of us has a unique role in the kingdom of God. And here's the sobering fact. Nobody else is like you. Therefore, nobody else can do the role that God has designed for you to do. There are specific things that only you can do in the way that you can do them. This is, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. There is no one else like you. You are a unique creation in Christ Jesus. And because we are all part of the same body, we all are incredibly important because nobody else can fulfill your function or your role. We are all needed for the whole body to be whole, for every part to work. And that's, that's one of the analogies that the scriptures use for us is the body of Christ. There's knuckles, there's bones, there's ligaments, there's... Uh, organs, there's blood, there's all kinds of stuff, right? And they all function in unison, but each part has to do its part for the body to work. So we need each other. 
And that's part of God's design. Not one part is autonomous to itself. You can't survive, right? If I, my little pinky decides to take off and do its own thing, it's not going to have any blood. To, you know, it's not going to have any energy. It's not going to get any nutrients. It's, it's not even going to be able to move. It needs muscles. It needs all the other parts to help it, right? So we can't just be isolated and think that we're going to prosper. Uh, God's called us to be a part of the body. To each of us belong a role, and we all are called to do that role. So the memory verse that I have for us today is found in 1 Peter 4.10, and it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So here's the, the truth of this verse. You have received gifts. You have received from God something that God wants you to then steward. It's his. You're not the owner of it. It's his, the gift, your time, your life, your resources, your personality, your experiences. God has given you and shaped you with a uniqueness that will be a blessing to others when you faithfully use what God has given you to serve. And that's what this verse says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of, the, of, the, of God's grace in its various forms. Okay? So that's the idea, is to be a part of God's body and to play our role. So I want to talk about uh, this acrostic shape, S-H-A-P-E. And for each letter, I want to break down just a part of who you are, who I am, and explore that. So how has God shaped you? How has he done that? Well, the S stands for spiritual gifts. By the way, I've been using this acrostic for like over 20 years. I just really like it. It came from uh, Saddleback Church, Pastor Rick Warren. So I want to give those guys credit for this. But we all have spiritual gifts. S is spiritual gifts. The Bible says God has distributed and will distribute to you spiritual gifts for the benefit of others. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7. So let me read that for us. It says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So all of these gifts are coming from God. And verse 7 says, Now to each one, that's you, that's me, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, right? So each one of us has been given something from the Spirit of God for other people, okay? You have spiritual gifts. And you can take different spiritual gifts, tests, and, and things like that to try to explore that. And, and that's something you'll want to do. But um, Romans 12, 6 to 8 also says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We're not all the same. We don't, don't all have the same gifts. We don't, not one person has all the gifts, right? But no one is without gifts. Everybody has something that God has given us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And, and he could go on and on and on because there's so many ways that God has gifted us, right? And so you do what God has uh, gifted you to do. And it's for, not just for yourself, but it's for the common good. So that's spiritual gifts. 
And I want to just give you a real quick, uh, maybe three uh, little mini tests to try to, you know, figure out your, your spiritual gifts, okay? For the presence of spiritual gifts. Number one, you enjoy. You enjoy what you're gifted in, right? So if, you, if you're doing something and you're not enjoying it, that might not be your, your gift. But if you're enjoying it, that's a, good, that's a good test. That's a good sign that that's, that's something you're gifted in. Number one, you enjoy it. Number two, you're good at it. You're effective in, in that area, right? And number three, other people notice that and confirm that by letting you know that what you're doing makes a difference, right? So if you enjoy it, you're good at it, and other people recognize it, that, that's pretty likely that you have that gift. So keep that in mind as you're exploring that. But I do want to say this. That love, again, is the most significant component of all spiritual gifts. If you are really gifted in something, but you don't have love, the Bible says you're like a clanging cymbal. You're, it's pointless. It's fruitless. It won't matter. Even if you give everything away or if you die for God, but you're not loving in those actions, it's, it doesn't amount to anything. So, there are, there's no uh, power play here in the kingdom of God. All gifts must be bathed and motivated and operated in, say it with me, love. Love, right? Love covers all of this, right? Right? So however you're shaped, you, you need to be filled, overflowing with God's love. So whatever gifts that we do have that come from God, not from us, are filled with love. That's the difference maker, okay? I just want to remind you of that. And we don't own any of the, we don't own these gifts. They belong to God. God, God um, brings them through us. We're like conduits. We're not the owners. And, uh, but any gift is possible at any time through the Holy Spirit. So you're not limited either because God can do anything through any one of us at any time because it's not us, it's him. So these are important truths to remember. And, uh, and yet we do have tendencies, we do have giftings that God seems to put upon us, right? But anything's possible at any time. Nobody owns any gifts because they come from God. We are merely the conduits of the blessings that God wants to give to others. But we are all engaged in this. So spiritual gifts. Number two, H in the word shape. S is spiritual gifts. H is your heart, heart, or your passion. What are you passionate about? What, what, what fires you up? What do you love? It could be certain things. It could be certain ways of doing stuff. I don't know. It could be all kinds of different things, but whatever you have a heart for, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you love, that's part of how you are shaped because not all of us love the same thing. Some people love hunting. Some people love sports. Some people love cooking. Some people love drawing. Some people love running. Most people hate running, right? So we don't, we don't all love the same stuff. We're not all passionate about the same things. There's a variety of, of, of passions in this world. So what's your passion? What's your heart? Um, and, and to kind of help you kind of decipher some of that, just a couple of real simple reflective questions that you can kind of ask yourself or look at yourself to determine what are you really passionate about is number one, look at your calendar, look at your checkbook, because wherever you spend most of your time and most of your money and most of your energy is something that you're passionate about. And, and why, why can I say that? Because Jesus said it this way. He said it in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if you follow your treasure and your treasure is your time and your money, 
right? Wherever you spend most of your life, most of your time, most of your money, most of your thoughts and all that, that's where your heart is. And that shows you what you're passionate about. Okay, the second kind of reflective question is, what are you always talking about? What are you always thinking about? Because whatever you are thinking about and talking about the most is probably what you're most passionate about, right? That's probably what your, your heart is all fired up about. Um, Jesus also said this in Matthew 12, 34, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So whatever you're talking about a lot, is, it's coming out of a heart that's full of that. And so your passions are stuff that you, you talk about with people. You're always looking to talk about that, whatever that is, right? So wherever your time, your money, and whatever you're talking and thinking about the most, that's probably what your heart is. That's what you're passionate about. And uh, these aren't always like religious things. It's not like, oh, I've always got to be talking about the Bible because I want to be. No, it could be, it could be anything. What, how are you uniquely shaped is what we're talking about. So you have spiritual gifts. You also have a heart, passions in this life. The A in shape is abilities, skills. What are you good at? Now, some of these we have natural inclinations towards, but some of these we build over a lifetime. Some abilities we hone and we craft and we improve on, uh, and we tend to have certain abilities that steer us in a career or in different opportunities that are out there. So what are you good at? What are your abilities? It's interesting in the Bible that God mentions this for people who are building his tabernacle, right? In Exodus chapter 36, 1 to 2, and I'm going to try to pronounce these guys' names, but you know, I'm not for, for sure on how to do that, but I'll try. So Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. So you see, the Bible says God is the one who gives us these skills and these abilities. Of course, we steward them, we improve on them, we shape, you know, we get better at those things, but they come from God. God, what has God, uh, what abilities and skills has God given you and that you have stewarded and developed in your life? What are you good at? This is part of your shape. So you have spiritual gifts, you have heart and passions that you, you're just fired up about, and you have things that you're really good at, your abilities and your skills. Now the P is personality. <laughs> and we know there are extreme examples of different personalities all around us. And these cause a lot of friction at times, right? When we're around people with different personalities, we don't always uh, think the same way. We don't always react the same way. Sometimes we have different quirks about each other that kind of get on our nerves or whatever, because personalities affect the way that you engage in this world for sure. And there are there's been so many different studies on this and so many different persons. Some say there's 16 different types of personalities. Some say there's basically four big kind of indicators on that. But anyway, um, I thought I'd have a little fun with you because this could be a boring topic, but I want to make it a little fun. So I want to show you some pictures of some toothpaste. <laughs> I came across, uh, you know, this toothpaste personality test. I don't know if you've ever taken this or not. So I want to show you these pictures of toothpaste, all right? And I'm going to read uh, what each of those represent. So the first one 
is you squeeze and or roll it from the back to the front. And if, you, if this is how you treat your toothpaste tube, you are a very thrifty and tidy person. And while you do care about your possessions, you also care about the people around you. You are a perfectionist and you don't like to waste anything. So you use all the resources you have to the fullest extent. You are used to working hard and you do your work very well, which means that other people can rely on you. Your house is always clean and your life is very organized. So there you go. I don't know if that's you, but ding, 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 ding. That's me. I just grabbed this this morning from my, uh, my drawer in the bathroom. And you can see it's all pushed up to the top. I haven't started folding yet, but I usually do fold it at the very end. And you can tell that's going to happen any day because I'm just about out on this tube. So this really would be mine uh, as the example. All right. The next one is you squeeze from the middle. If you squeeze from the middle, you are a realistic an active person and are usually in a bit of a rush. You are not the tidiest individual <laughs> and you're not the most organized, but if you face a challenge, you're capable of pulling yourself together and solving it. You are very sociable, have a lot of friends and like to be in public. You know how to balance your life and you're emotionally stable. I don't know if that resides uh, or, or uh, kind of witnesses with some of you. Uh, the next one is you squeeze from the top, if you squeeze your toothpaste from the top. It says you are very stubborn and you're able to do a lot to get what you want and to achieve your goals. You are prone to pessimism and do not trust people very much. You're used to relying only on yourself. You are sufficiently self-centered and love yourself, which is very good until you start being selfish and use other people for your own purposes. Next one, you keep it intact. I'm not really sure what this is. I guess you barely use it or if you use it, you make it look like you haven't used it. I'm not sure about this. Or if this means you don't brush your teeth at all. I don't know. But it says this, you enjoy being alone. You're a dreamer and you're an artistic person. Sometimes it may seem that you live in your own world inside your head. You are sensitive, gentle, easygoing, considerate, and tolerant. At the same time, you can be very straightforward and generous. You always have a lot of thoughts and ideas and you're willing to share them with others. And the last toothpaste personality would be this one. You just squeeze from anywhere. <laughs> you just grab it randomly and, and squeeze that toothpaste out. It says you have the ability to see the world in a different light than most and you're very artistic and creative. You can find beauty everywhere. It can be diff difficult for you to be punctual and tidy all the time and you may have a hard time planning and accomplishing tasks but you're very optimistic and open-minded. You may be prone to frequent mood swings however. So that's just kind of a fun way of looking at our personality, right? We know we all have different personalities. Some of us like being around people. Some of us like being alone. Some of us are spontaneous. Some of us are planners, right? Some of us are, are moved more by our feelings and emotions. Some of us more by our thoughts and, and reason. So we have all these different variety of, of ways of interacting with our world. And that unique combination of those things make up our personality. So that's part of how we're shaped and it affects the environments that we are really good in and the environments we're not. And so to discover these things is very important because you have a place to play and a role to, to fulfill that is unique based on your shape. All right. And the last one is E and that is experiences. Experiences. And experiences is just the life that we have lived. Um, the culture that we've grown up in, the family that we have, uh, the places we've been, 
the hurts that we've been through, uh, the triumphs that we've accomplished, just our story, right? We all have a unique story. Even in the same household, every child in our home has unique ex experience. Even though it's the same family, every child has a unique perspective of what happened, how things affected them. One, you know, one event can happen and it can be a good thing for one person and a bad thing for another. And because we all have unique responses and interactions with our environment. And so our experiences also shape us. And I want to just say this, for some of the experiences that some of us have been through that were bad, negative, hard, difficult, and we wonder why, I just want to share with you some of the greatest ministry comes out of a healed hurt from our past. And God never wastes a hurt. God didn't will for you to go through that pain. He didn't will for you to be hurt by somebody, uh, to experience the pain in the fallen, broken world. That's not God's will, but the Bible does say all things work to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God can redeem our hurts, and he does that. I mean, all over the place in, in our congregation in our family, we have people who have been healed of hurts who are now using that experience to help other people going through that right now. Celebrate Recovery is a great example of so many people who have experienced healing from bad things that have happened and bad things that they've done or bad circumstances in their lives that God has helped them through, they've grown through, they've healed from, and now they're there for someone else. It's amazing. So some of the experiences that you have is part of the way that God has allowed you to be shaped for the benefit of other people. And God didn't, it wasn't his will that you went through that, but it is God's will to redeem it and redeems it by allowing us to help other people. And that, that's so encouraging. I want to encourage you to do that. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, of God, but our lives as well. And this is why I believe that freedom comes to us in relationships with other people. That's why we need life groups and we need ministry. We are with one another. We come to, you know, fresh fire where we receive ministry from other people, from the Holy Spirit and from people because freedom is found in relationships as we share not just Bible verses with each other, but we share our lives with each other. And what you have and what you've been through, when God has healed you, you have something to share that will be beneficial to other people. You need to share your story. We're always trying to look for people to share their story because that, that is so powerful for each and every one of us to relate to and to be a part of. And so I want to encourage you to do that. How did you come to Jesus? You know, what were your key spiritual experiences in your life? What were some of the hurts and hang-ups and habits that God has delivered you from? You know, what is your profession, your schooling, your training, your family, your story? All of these things can be a part of your experiences and help, help be the unique shape that God has made you in. So I want to just quickly review something I mentioned a couple weeks ago about how does the dream team help you make a difference? Uh, now, now you're shaped. You have spiritual gifts. You have a heart. You have passions. You have abilities. Um, 
you have a personality that's unique to you, you have experiences that you've lived through, all of this is your shape, and how does you being a part of the dream team help your shape make a difference? Um, I'm just going to say this very quickly. I've already quoted this verse, but Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship or handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So number one, serving and giving is what you were made to do. You were made to serve. You were made to, to uh, make an impact in people. That's what you were made to do. Number two, serving and giving blesses others and in return you are blessed. It makes a difference. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11 says, Now he who sows, now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, the fruitfulness of your service, okay? The fruitfulness of you serving. That's really what this is talking about. You will be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion with your life. You can lay your life down and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so when we give, God continues to bless us because we are being a blessing. Not only are we being a blessing when we are serving out of the shape that God made us in, but we are, it, there's just this conduit and a flow of blessing that continues to replenish us. And we are blessed. In fact, Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. You are more blessed when you are giving than when you are receiving. That's what Jesus said in Acts 20, 35. Jesus is quoted there. And thirdly, serving others is credited to serving Jesus. We talked about this several weeks ago in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, the parable of the sheep and goats. And the, the summary of that is Jesus says, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When we serve people, we are serving Jesus. That's pretty powerful. And fourthly, my quick reminder is this, serving in our gifting is part of the domino effect of bringing people to Jesus, changing people's eternal destiny. We are all, you know, links in a chain that all work together to bring someone into an eternal life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Matthew 5.16, Jesus says in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Come to know your Father in heaven. Come to experience God's love because you loved them. This is what this is all about, the light that shines in you and in me and through us when we are loving and serving is the light of Jesus and people are drawn to God through these, this love that's in action. So as we kind of wrap this thing up, I just want to remind you, in 1992, um, I... I remember this vividly. There was the Dream Team, and it was referring to the first American Olympic basketball team with current active professional players. And they called it the Dream Team because they had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Clyde the Glide, Drexler. If you remember any of those guys, they're all Hall of Famers. And uh, Barkley, Moses Malone, John Stockton, all these players came together and they totally dominated the rest of the world, right? All the other Olympic teams. These were the best players in the world and they all came together and they all had their role and they were the best at what they did 
and they just obliterated everybody. They, it was just a huge deal, the, the dream team of 1992. And I believe that you and I are each shaped uniquely. And when we find our fit, there is no one else better at doing what God has shaped you to do. And we are all a part of the dream team today. When you begin to discover who God made you to be, and you begin to just offer yourself to him, say, Lord, here I am. Use me, send me, I'm all yours. You come alive and the ministry that you are involved with is fruitful and it comes alive because nobody else can do what God shaped you to do. So I wanna pray for you today. And first and foremost, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior to place your faith in him. The Bible says that he who has the son has life and he who does not have the son does not have life. And Jesus came that you might have life and life to the full. And you need him and he died for you so that your sins would be forgiven and your spirit could be born again and you could have life today and forever in him. And if you're ready to make that decision today, pray this prayer with me, okay? Say in your heart or out loud, say, Jesus, I come to you today to receive life. Thank you for dying for me that I might come alive, that I would be forgiven of my sin and my rebellion and my self self-living and I turn my will over to you, my life over to you. And I declare Jesus that you are my Lord and I place my faith in you as my savior. Thank you for forgiving me, for loving me and filling me with your spirit and your life. I'm all yours in your name. I pray and trust. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. If you just pray that prayer, you are saved. You're forgiven. You are a child of God and you need to keep growing in, in that faith, in that journey with him. So keep watching or come to our church so you can grow and get connected with some people that'll help you do that. But I also want to pray a prayer for all of us just to find our shape. I'm reminded when I was a little kid, there's this thing. I don't know what you call it. I'm going to call it the toy shape box. I don't know. It was like an octagonal kind of weird thing. It had all kinds of different, maybe 16 different sides. It had holes in it, like a star-shaped hole and a square and a circle and a, a parallelogram, whatever, all these different shapes, right? And as a kid, you're just trying to find the shape to fit the hole. And sometimes this is kind of the process that we need to go through in finding our shape. Like we're, we're shaped, but we got to find the right fit, right? So it's part of an exploration. And so I just want to encourage you, just begin to try, get involved, find a place to serve. Children's ministry, youth ministry, with our worship, with our uh, greeters, with, uh, with our office, with just volunteering in our special events. Just start to talk, start to get involved, start to try to find a place. And once you find your fit and you get that fit and you feel like you're being, you're, you're, you're having fun doing it, uh, you're good at it. And other people say, man, you're really good at this. You're, you're, you're finding your fit there and, and just enjoy what God's going to do in you and through you. So my challenge is join the dream team. Let's go. Let's go and do some amazing things together. So I want to pray a blessing on you. God, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share this week with our family and friends in Thanksgiving. And thank you for this message, Lord, as we've listened to your word. We just celebrate and thank you that we are special in your eyes, that we are not a mistake, that we have been made on purpose for a purpose. And you have uniquely shaped each and every one of us. 
Lord, I pray for each one who's watching right now or listening that you will help each one of us find our place, find our role, find our fit, that we might come alive, we might prosper in our life, can make a difference in others. So Lord, guide us, lead us, help us in Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. Have a great week.